This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on water. And dryer coverage. Just call 1 800 686 3910. That's 1 800 686 3910. Again, 1 800 686 3910. Call now. Back. Uh, it's uh, becoming apparent that MSNBC doesn't necessarily like Hillary Clinton all that much. Uh, they, will, they will say, you know, uh, unflattering things about her. And uh, Mika did that again this morning on MSNBC, responding to Hillary's claim that Bernie uh, Sanders made a sexist comment at the debate, saying she was shouting about gun control. Uh, here's what she said. Uh, um, is that sexist, though, what Bernie Sanders said? No. What? That was, um, Why don't make me say it, Joe. No, say it. No, please don't make me say it, because then, you know. Well, let me just say that's pathetic. Okay. That's just absolutely pathetic. That was pathetic. That's pathetic. I know that she's uh, the front it, runner. It, I'm it, sure she's going to win, it, and go for it. I'm glad. You know, she's, she's going to win, but that win. is pathetic. But and that was, by the way. That was like Veep. That is the sort of. That was Veep. Straight out of Veep. And somebody wrote the line. It was worse than Veep. It wasn't funny. And, and. You know, Which, when Veep does it, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, it, it's hysterical because it's so ridiculous. That wasn't even funny. That was pathetic. But playing the I know sexism. Yeah. Hillary Clinton knows sexism. She should know better than to let her staff make her do that. It needs to be her. She needs to get out there and talk. Everyone, stop writing lines for her. They're bad, really bad. And when we talk about sexism, when we talk about women and equal pay and all these things that are important, let's not denigrate it with that stupidity. Let's not, because we embarrass ourselves. I'm, like, uh, cringing. Wow. Wow. That's pretty strong, man. That's, like, a legitimately sincere moment. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It seems. Um, uh, as sincere as Mika could get. That's, they have an interesting chemistry, those two. When they we do. watch the clips. Like, I, 
I feel every time I watch a clip like that, I feel like they've had the discussion before. Like, I feel yeah. like that's happened, like, off the air that already occurred. I don't know what it is about that, but either way, that's a really interesting moment. Like, it's a good moment. Yeah, I it mean, is. I, uh, what was the it comment? Is. I don't think I actually know what the comment was. Uh, that that uh, she said that it was sexist that Bernie said she was shouting about gun control. That's it? Shouting about, I mean, I, that's yeah, the, I thought she, that's I mean, the summary. Right. It's, a, it's a pathetic. That's the whole It's a, it's a pathetic uh, point because... It's not sexist. Shout, so women aren't the only people who shout. Is that true? <laughs> I, I don't follow it very closely. It's, it's ac- you're saying it's yeah. accurate I'm that saying, women mm-hmm. are don't, don't not the only gender. No, no that, I've, I've shouted before. I've shouted. Really? And yeah. you're and I'm a male. male. Okay. Last I checked, which was early I mean, this I'm, morning. I just want to see what you're identifying as. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mostly Jeff, identify as a man. Jeffy, man, woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now. Okay. Fluid. You yeah, feeling yeah, fluid? Yeah, fluid? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's, let's, okay. let's go with fluid. So do you shout? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Jeffy only shouts at women, which is a different uh, kind <laughs> of a different, different dynamic right there. Different, different dynamic. Well, um, yeah, that, I, I think that's fascinating, though, because <laughs> she's really pissed. And, she is. You know, obviously, and she wants her to win. She said so herself. And, uh, but, you know, they understand she's a bad candidate. She says stupid things. She does stupid things. She's not a good candidate. And even her supporters know it. Um, but for Mika to say, I know sexism. A uh, little shot there, I think, <laughs> to uh, the fact that Joe Scarborough makes about five times what she does. <laughs> you think that's what she was referring to? Yeah, I think so. I, she's always been a little bit bitter about that. Mm. And she continues to be. Uh, and, you know, I, they do the same job. Well, right? I will say there's they nothing. They do the same job. They don't. Um, but I will say that uh, <laughs> they do exactly look, the same job. I will say that if you're going to take a job as a Republican on MSNBC, you deserve a hell of a lot more money than anybody else on that network. Because yeah. you not only are, is your life going to be a living hell, but you're giving away all of your credibility till the end of time with the people who used to support you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not a, I don't even mean that as a knock on Joe Scarborough per se. I mean, he's taking he's taking a job, and, and look, I am. There are times when we watch clips from the from that show in which I'm glad Joe Scarborough's there and can actually make a coherent point. You know, it's nice to have that in the room every once in a yeah, while. When he does it. Uh, when he does it. It's uh, kind of rare. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, but you'd have to, you have to overpay to get a Republican in that room. Right? You have to. I would think or so, Or yeah. no one's going to take those jobs. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so, anyway. I mean, uh, he doesn't have much choice after the intern situation. I know. I don't think we need to go there. <laughs> All right. Uh, the accident? <laughs> Okay, so uh, thank you. Um, so I don't know. I think um, the Mika thing is interesting from the perspective of her actually having what seems to be an honest moment, and I like that. It's kind of mm-hmm. nice to see. I don't. She doesn't strike me as the most sincere person on earth. No. Oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh. She seems. Uh, uh, well, I won't say because it'll be. It'll sound sexist. But uh, was she shouting? No, she wasn't okay, shouting. Good. No. You have to remember the time she had sent people to get her belts. Yeah, and she was so <laughs> yeah. Because those days to have her wardrobe. It's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Sexist. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, if you were saying, I, I think what Hillary Clinton seems mm. to be reaching for here with the sexist accusation is if someone was saying she was nagging or screeching. Well, he didn't say that though. He didn't say any of that. It's like she's just like, ah, oh, well, it's kind of close enough to the thing that might be kind of considered sexist, so let's just use it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what else to do today. 
<laughs> it's like it's just laziness. I, uh, I mean, and, you know, I will say it's also a little the only thing I will give uh, Mika a little bit of flack for on that is saying that don't make the staff make her say things. I'm sorry. Hillary Clinton is not letting make no staff member is making Hillary Clinton. Oh, say no anything. way. Hillary no Clinton way. is saying what she wants to say. Uh-huh. Now, she might follow advice from some people, but no one's making her say anything. She's coming out and she's saying whatever she wants. She's not only the presidential candidate and absolute guarantee nominee at this point, um, with, uh, barring something you know really crazy. Um, she's also uh, someone who has been directing staff around since at least 1992, and honestly before that. Mm-hmm. Where she has been, you know, she was the freaking first lady of the United States for eight years. She's a senator. This is not someone who's like, oh, well, please tell me what I should say today. That's not Hillary Clinton. Uh, she takes responsibility for her own words, and she should get uh, the, the, the harassment for this ridiculous comment, not her staff. Her staff was probably there going, come on, Hillary, seriously? I mean, I know you're desperate to knock this guy off, but come on. And it's like the, <clears throat> the racism thing when you're reading racism into everything mm-hmm. when it's not there. Mm-hmm. You're demeaning actual racism. It's the same point that Mika was making about the uh, sexism. It's, it's silly and it's stupid and it hurts the actual cause, if there is one, um, that, to, to say things like that. The, saying the word shout is sexist. Uh, it's so stupid. really wish we could get beyond that. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Also, we found out how difficult uh, Donald Trump's life has been yesterday, and it's, uh, it will break your heart. This might, if you're not a Donald Trump fan, this may turn you around, because Mm -hmm. uh, the man has had it difficult. Here he is uh, describing his, his start in life. I mean, my whole life really has been a no, and I fought through it. I have been, and you know, I talk about it. It, It's not been easy for me. It has not been easy for me. And, you know, I I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. I came into Manhattan, and I had to pay him back, and I had to pay him back with interest. But I came into Manhattan, I started buying up properties, and I did great, and then I built the Grand Hyatt, and I got involved with the convention, so I did it. Good job. But I was always told that that would never work. Even my father, he said, you don't want to go to Manhattan. That's not our territory because he was from Brooklyn and Queens where we did, you know, smaller things. And he said, don't Mm -hmm. go to Manhattan. That's not our territory. But he was very proud of me. But all my life Mm -hmm. I was told. No. no. Even for this. I mean, they said, right. oh, what do you want to do it for? Don't do it. Don't do it. You're against professional politicians. So far, I'm not impressed. I will tell you that. By the way, let's just put this in perspective. You said it hasn't been easy for you, but my dad gave me a million dollar no, loan. That, that probably is going to seem You're pretty right. easy to well, a lot of right. people. But a million dollars isn't very much compared to what I've built. Right. I mean, I built one of the great companies. And But it's always been, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's always been that. And, you know, and that's what I want to do for the country. That is unbelievable. His dad was a hundred millionaire. <laughs> His dad may not have been a billionaire, but he was extremely successful. Yeah. And opened the door for his son, first of all, raised him up in the business, and then gives him a, mi- a million-dollar loan to get started on his own, uh, just a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah, that's the I first mean, time I've actually seen that clip because I've, I've read it many amazing. times uh, since he actually said it, but I hadn't actually seen it. Part of me thought he was tongue-in-cheek when he said that. Not at all. not. I mean, that is not dead at all. straight. No, he thinks a million dollars is nothing. And look, I, 
you know, that is his perspective on life, right? Yeah. That's who he is. Uh, to him, a million dollars is nothing. But this idea that he is the, the voice of the everyman, that is him. What you just saw is him. I mean, he thinks a million dollars is nothing. He has absolutely no connection whatsoever to, uh, to the average person in the way, at least the way that they think. And that's, you know, you know kind of okay in, mm-hmm. in some ways. I don't necessarily mind that. I mean, at some level, it's also other people. It's your responsibility to be able to understand others' situations um, if you're trying to be president of the United States. Now, and I think there's some responsibility for voters, too, to say, look, this is Donald Trump. Of course he thinks a million dollars is not a lot. I, I think that's... It's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for him to say that, but you realize how disconnected he is from the idea of normalcy. <laughs> like it is a real eye-opening moment where he's just like he's so far away. He can't even see normal human American life from where he is. And that's because he built his towers so tall. Right. They're the most spectacular towers in the world, Pat. Yeah. Well, he, he built one of the great businesses. Did he really? Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. I haven't heard he that. He did, with just a small loan of a million dollars. I've only heard that in every interview yeah. uh, with him. Yeah. So. By the way, we, we, we focused on Iowa during the radio show and how Trump is now down by double digits in Iowa uh, in multiple polls. Uh, but a poll came out uh, today that he also is down nationally uh, to Ben Carson, uh, 26 to 22. This is only the second poll that showed him down nationally. Um, since he took over, basically, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, fr- uh, front-runner position. Um, and, you know, it's one poll, and I think you should still consider him the front-runner at this point. Um, but it does look like uh, this might be starting to finally Jeez, fade I away. So. I, I don't, but I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I've said before, like, I, don't, I would not be shocked to see him have another run in him here, mm. like another, one more push before the whole thing goes away. Uh, but I would, I'll take it if he wants to go anytime. Don, Don you know, you got some buildings to build. You have, mm-hmm. you, have, you, have, you have exciting reality shows to host, probably. You should go do that. Go mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. It's better than this. Go do that. Yeah. That, I agree. not this. I agree. Mm-hmm. That would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Jeb Bush sees the uh, Florida Senator Marco Rubio campaign as a major obstacle between himself and the White House. And uh, he's taking the fight to his former protege. Jeb's people said, uh, we need to offer a contrast to the current president. Hillary will pitch competence and experience. Marco is a GOP Obama. (laughs) Rubio and President Obama have strikingly similar profiles. Mm. First-term senators, lawyers, university lecturers, served in uh, part-time legislatures for eight years, had few legislative accomplishments, and haven't shown much, much interest in the process of advancing legislation and getting results. Hmm. That's kind of a stretch. The aides argued that in a matchup against Clinton, Bush would win and uh, win a higher percentage of the Hispanic vote than Rubio. Actually, Rubio beats Hillary in pretty much every poll I've seen. Yeah, he, he polls better than pretty much everybody at this point. Yeah. It's early. You don't know what's going to happen uh, throughout a campaign, but he his... His foundation's pretty strong. Um, ben Carson does pretty well too, uh, but it's early. Um, you know, Jeb Bush is Jeb Bush is not the worst, by the way, in polling against Democrats. He doesn't. He does okay. Um, mm-hmm. Unlike Donald Trump, who does really badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even Jeb Bush does okay. Uh, you know, people like um, uh, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul do okay. Uh, Bush, uh, excuse me, Trump does really badly. 
and Rubio and Ben Carson tend to do pretty good, uh, pretty well. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's tough to take too much out of that, but uh, the idea that Jeb Bush is going to be some, you know, hero to Hispanics, I don't know. Maybe that's true. He's married to a Hispanic. He speaks Spanish. He, he panders to them. He panders to them. He gives them, you know, policy things that Democrats usually only give them. He's an amnesty guy, which Big apparently a lot guy. of Hispanics want. Uh, it's hard to still, it's still hard for me to wrap my hands around that one. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, uh, I guess that's true. At least that's what we're told all the time. We are told. I, and I would think if, if I had immigrated here the right way, I'd be a little irritated at those who believe they should just have it handed to them when they broke the law to get here. When, when they didn't take the time to do it right, when they had no respect for law, and, and I did, I'd be a little pissed. Mm-hmm. And I think some of them are, frankly. They're darn right they are. Yeah. I, mean, they, I have people in my neighborhood that have done it the right way and are really pissed. They spent a lot of money coming into this country and uh, becoming legal citizens, and this is like a slap in their face. Yeah. So they're good, the good yeah. citizens and good standing, upstanding people? Because if they are, why are they, why are they in your neighborhood? Oh, they don't know anything about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our sponsor. No, it's not time for... <laughs> you want us to just go to... Okay. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is my Patriot Supply. <clears throat> I don't know why we uh, had to go to commercial there. Mm. Um, if you have uh, challenges uh, in, your, in the, the world, and mm-hmm. we, all, we all face them. Like, for example, you might live in a neighborhood with... You know, major criminal uh, a person who scares you and your children could happen yeah could happen <laughs> you might need to lock yourself in your home at any time if you live in that situation and there's a great way to get prepared where you'd have a lot of food in that eventuality or any eventuality could be a weather situation that leaves you you know kind of stranded at home for a few days like we've had here in uh, dallas fort sure. worth with the ice storms like I, there was one year before last it kind of shut us in for about three days everything was closed um, we've got a great way for you to have food on hand just in, in any emergency situation. Four weeks of food, of emergency food supply for $99. Just call 888-893-9140. One important thing, uh, if you do live in Jeffy's neighborhood, is to not tell him that you have four weeks of food in your house. Oh, yeah. Because then you will have zero weeks of food in your house. Mm-hmm. Because he will break in and eat it. In case you didn't understand where I was going with that. No, I think we all understood where you were going. He's going to eat your food. (laughs) I wasn't sure. Where were you going? So what I was saying is, Jeffy's going to break into wherever you keep your food and eat it if you tell him that you have it. And a lot of times, honestly, even if you don't tell him, he's going to smell it. And he's going to come in anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why you lock it up. You get like a Liberty Safe, and you put you put the food in the Liberty Safe. Yeah, it's, this is a separate thing. But he's like the Smokey the Bear of food. <laughs> he can spot a fire before it starts to flame. Is he can smell your food before it begins to cook. Yeah, <laughs> is this still the commercial. It is still the commercial. You asked for the commercial, and now you're complaining no. about the commercial. Come on, triple eight eight nine three ninety one forty. Call him right now. Limit two per household. Four weeks supply for $99. That's 50% off and you get free shipping. 888-893-9140, My Patriot Supply. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done... 
I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck, Pat and Stu, welcome. Uh, according to the Washington Post, uh, it, it, this is an amazing statistic. We're hearing so much about how awful the police are. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement just out to kill uh, black children. Uh, they just want to kill. They want to maim. They, they want to stop all minorities, but especially blacks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times if they see a black just walking down the street innocently, they'll just shoot him. Yeah, they'll what, just shoot him. Yep. And sometimes they'll run him over with their police vehicle. That's it's what called, they'd uh, have you believe. It's yeah. a crime called walking when black. Thank you. Yeah. It's not okay, police. It's, it's not okay. Okay. We, we see what you're doing, police <laughs> people. So did the Washington Post, actually. Even mm. the Washington Post has published their own findings on uh, police shootings. And they have found that 95% of fatal police shootings, the criminal had a weapon and, in most cases, shot first. So, ninety-five percent of them have been proven to be justified. That's mm. just, but just the ninety-five percent clear-cut ninety-five percent. Yeah, the other five percent were racists who mm. absolutely went not intentionally no, gunned it, down. Not necessarily. Black no, for no, no. Five uh, percent of officer-involved shootings. Uh, the details are unclear. To make so, a precise determination. So it's 95% okay, mm. 5% unclear. Unclear. <laughs> yeah. It's wow. uh, that small percentage that leads to all of the second guessing, of course, and public outcry. And, you know, I wonder if they have included uh, some of the things like, um, uh, like the um, Michael, like the, uh, Michael, was it Brown. Michael Brown mm-hmm. in Ferguson. Uh, like that shooting. Is that unclear or is that a clear cut 95% one? I think that's unclear. Because, I mean, there are still people who say there are... And there it's were, pretty clear. There were witnesses that say, I mean, most of the witnesses, uh, it wasn't, one, you know, did, you know, showed that the narrative was untrue. But mm-hmm. some still said, you know, a lot of them reversed themselves mm-hmm. later. But some still said that it was a questionable shooting. Yeah. Um, so it's not completely... It probably is listed as unclear because yeah. he didn't have a gun and he didn't shoot first. But mm-hmm. he came at the guy. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know... That's pretty amazing if that one falls into the unclear category because he, that was he, they, they went to trial they, they he, he was mm-hmm. found innocent uh, it was a it was a good shooting according to the law and so it's justified but uh, they the other side Black Lives Matter makes this out like it's the other way around like there's five percent unclear and ninety five percent of these are hands up yeah. don't shoot. Yeah, and, yeah. Is, and it's one of those stories that we talk about all the time uh, that is so 
blatantly obvious what the truth is. The truth is, of course, every once in a while there's a story that makes us uncomfortable with something that a police officer did. They do things that are they're not perfect. Some of the people that are in the police force are bad and they do things that are bad. But the overwhelming majority of cases wind up being uh, justified. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but we do have criminals in this country. And those criminals, when they think they're going to get arrested, a lot of times pull out guns and start shooting at the officers. Mm-hmm. And they quote these numbers of 800 people were shot this year by police officers. Yeah, but uh, how many of those were shooting at the officers? Right. And we're now finding right. out that number to be somewhere in the vicinity of mm-hmm. 95%. One other just uh, kind of minute little detail here. Okay. It's uh, just sort of an irritant. Well, I mean, uh, you're kind of... You know, you know, maybe an irritant to the Black Lives Matter people. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's I, mean I guess a, we have, it's to, just we have tiny, to throw it in. We're, tiny, little detail. We're covering the news, so I guess yeah, you have I mean, to include this. I, I, I almost just throw this away mm-hmm. as uh, uh, unimportant. Uh, but I, you know, I just bring it up so that you know all the facts. Um... If the, so if the, if what we've already told you doesn't dispel the myth that police just indiscriminately shoot blacks, um, despite what the media and Black Lives Matter would have us believe, the perpetrators killed by officers are mostly white. They're well, mostly uh, what white. They, what he means by that is that they're black, but they're lighter-skinned black. So no, no, they're that- white. They're not black of any kind. No. What he's trying to say is... Um, they're white. That's what I'm trying to say. They're mostly white. But black people? No, they're just white people. They're Caucasian. They're which, like which are what European you're, descent. Uh, of, of, you know, bl- of white. They're white people. Mostly. Mostly but th- that white can't people. Be, that can't be true. It is. So. It's the Washington Post. Not exactly a right-wing publication. Hmm. Uh, I think that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not a surprise. It's um, not. Uh, you know, we've, not. we've talked about this before. I mean, it, it's been the case for a long time uh, that, uh, the, you know, these stories, it's, it's very much true that, uh, these, that shootings <clears throat> happen and they do occasionally occur. Most of the time they're justified and most of the victims are white. Yeah. Um, it's just, it is completely inconvenient to their storyline, so it's never oh, brought up. Gosh. In fact, just quoting the statistics can bring you accusations of racism. Yeah, if you were to say, well, okay, if Black Lives Matter busts into your Sunday brunch restaurant and starts babbling statistics and you get up and say, well, I just read in the Washington Post that of the 800 people killed by police so far, half of them are white and only one quarter of them, one-fourth are black and even less than that are Hispanic. So... Shouldn't I be yelling that white lives matter? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the, 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 you can make the argument that it's, uh, you know, when you look at a percentage of population, it's above the percentage of population. But, of course, the, the percentage of population has more to do with the areas where the people live. Mm-hmm. Uh, the overwhelming majority um, uh, of these shootings happen in he- dense urban areas um, and where the population of African Americans is higher than the rest of the country. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, depend, I mean, you could break down these numbers a million different ways, uh, yeah. but it's, it's not, like, we don't want anyone to have to go through this. We don't want anyone to ever shoot at a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes down to a guy's pointing a guy or, or a woman is pointing a gun at you, uh, the police officer doesn't have time to factor in how the Black Lives Matter movement is going to feel about them. No. What they need to do is protect their own life. Wants they to get home sure to they, his family. Yeah, they want to get home. They want to hug their kids at night. 
and that is a very basic human mm -hmm. concern. And by the way, a moral human right, a natural right to be able to protect themselves and make it home to their family is not something that's questionable because they're wearing a blue uniform. They're able to do it. Shouldn't you ask him to fill out some sort of questionnaire before he shoots him, though? <laughs> I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I you know think what it I mean? is. I think, I think it is. Like on a, a cork board? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. just go over to the cork board, take off a one piece, <laughs> fill it out, submit it, wait for it to In come triplicate. back to them. Is I would it, say is triplicate. A, okay. And Give them a copy, point. the cop a copy, and then one for City Hall. Okay, that's good. Okay. So <laughs> before you shoot me, would you mind You're right. just filling out this form in triplicate? I think there should be a committee that approves the shooting. Yes. Um, okay. Before, uh, so people review the form that he filled out. Yeah. You know, and like then make they sure, decide. hey, wait a minute, this one doesn't seem justified. <laughs> uh, the guy's only shot 20 times so far at him. <laughs> Perhaps he should take a little bit of a moment uh, and try uh -huh. some conflict resolution. Right. You know yes. I mean? Thank you. I love conflict <laughs> resolution. Uh, the people being shot aren't uh, ha helpless and unarmed either. Ninety-five percent of them are brandishing a weapon, mostly guns. Uh, most of them shot first. If it wasn't guns, perpetrators are rushing officers with knives, hatchets, chemical agents, and vehicles, according to the Post. It's noted that in the vast majority of these incidents, the police officers are the intended targets. It's amazing. So far this year, by the way, 31 officers have been killed by gunfire in the line of duty, and 11 other others have been victims of assault by some other means. So uh, really pretty amazing statistics. Hmm. Pretty amazing. Amazing. Um, by the way, uh, Quentin Tarantino is one of the people who uh, apparently uh, does not know these numbers uh, because he's out... Uh, blabbing on with the Black Lives Matter movement. He says, when I say murders, I do not stand by. I have to call the murderers the murderers. Mm. Um, and he, by the way, of course, added that the cops are the murderers. Yeah, too often the murderers. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a guy. We've been talking uh, the last couple of days about George W. Bush, you know, the Douche Hall of Fame. Here's a guy I'd like to think about. Tarantino? Yeah. I mean, he's, over the last few years, man, he yeah. has really... What else has he done other than this? I mean, I, I know he's a nutty liberal, but I mean, other than, I mean, everyone in Hollywood is a nutty liberal. That's true. I mean, I don't know. Just every time, every time we see him, it's for something irrational. And every time he does an interview, it's about, you know, I guess it's just about his movies and stuff. He just pisses me off. He really, I mean, I don't think there's any question that he's nuts. Right. I, I mean, you know, I, and a douche. But is he a Hall of Fame member? Yeah, it's a I big, that's a big, I don't know. That a, is a big wow. step. I, wow. Wow, uh, Jeffy. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Lynch, of, he was the president of the uh, Patrolman's Benevolent Association, said it's no surprise that someone who makes a living glorifying crime and violence is a cop hater, too. Uh, that's a great point. Yep. That's a nice point. Triple eight seven two seven. back. More Pat and Stu coming up. We've had some run-ins with the uh, police over the years, Jimmy. They're all fine, men. They do a fine job. Keep up a good work. Even when they're removing contraband from your... Awesome. Uh, it's not the way you talk about this. It's not my country. Yeah. I mean, just one more point on this Black Lives Matter thing. Uh, Chris Christie has just blamed Black, Black Lives Matter for police officer deaths. He said, I don't, I don't believe that movement should be justified when they're calling for the murder of police officers. Uh, and he's obviously right. But uh, the Black Lives Matter movement responded to Christie's remarks. We're targeting the brutal system of policing, not individual police. 
Uh, the Black Lives Matter it's exact network. reverse of what you should be doing. Right. You should be re you should be uh, targeting uh, your criticism, not your bullets, but your criticism on bad individual police officers, and not criticizing all the cops. That's actually the problem. And it you is. just admitted it. it. Yes. The Black Lives Matter network seeks to end the system of policing that allows for unchecked violence against black people. We don't have that system. No, we don't. And I'm glad we don't. The Washington Post just proved it. Mm -hmm. We don't have that system. It is checked. Uh, we do look into it. There is a system where if there is a shooting, it's looked into. I mean, what do you want to end police? It sounds to me like they want to end police. Like they, you know, we shouldn't have any. I, I don't know what kind of world it would be. <laughs> a bad one. I'm going to go point. with a bad one. On uh, one. Yeah, not good. Uh, it's such a, such a ridiculous thing, and it shows that they obviously are not... They, what they purport to care about, they do not care about. I mean, it is obviously not... I mean, when you have these numbers, you have, you know, real world... Remember, too, these controversial ones where, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Eric Garner um, in New York or uh, the guy in um, uh, South, was it South Carolina... I yeah, can't remember um, shot in the back. Uh, yeah, I mean th that guy went mm -hmm. to prison, right? Didn't he? Yeah, uh, or at least he's been charged. Yeah. I mean, he, he was charged with murder. Yeah, he was charged with As murder. As he should have been. Um, in the Eric Garner thing, I mean, they paid the. I know they paid the family a, a large sum of money. Eight million dollars. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that's not unchecked. You might right. not like the result of the checking at times. You know, sometimes people. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, M Michael Brown. The whole situation. He was also charged, uh, but the jury said eh, no right that's it no right you know the uh the obama-led department of justice looked into it and said um no 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 he didn't do anything wrong no i mean you don't think the obama administration would have loved to have to have riled up that situation in ferguson if they could have mm -hmm. the the uh uh well, they tried eric eric holder justice system the guy who, who uh, was, I mean, clearly racist, <clears throat> sent his team down there to make something out of the Ferguson situation and couldn't. Tried desperately right. to. Now, they accused the police department of uh, all sorts of uh, nasty things. But right, they, they, could, not, they couldn't come couldn't up with anything, anything in, in, in the Brown case thing. of Michael Brown. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is <clears throat> kind of an interesting story. Um, being a Walking Dead fan, Jeffy, you're a Walking <laughs> Dead fan. <laughs> uh, quite an episode over the weekend. Fantastic Jeez, episode over the that weekend. That thing's unbelievable. Have you been uh, on uh, the show yet? It's a walk. <clears throat> no, very disappointing, too. Your and quest uh, continues to become I, a, a walker on the show. Look, every, some people have dreams of being stars on TV shows, but I just <clears throat> want to be a walker. All you want to be is a zombie. I just want to be a walker killed by, <clears throat> one, of the, killed by one of the stars. I just want to be <clears throat> one of the herd. Right. You know, I want right. someone to actually you know, put a knife in my skull. Have you thought... <laughs> Have you thought potentially of trying to target an activity in which you don't have to be mobile? <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, could... some, some walkers are just laying there. That's true. Okay. That's true. That, here's the problem, though, <laughs> Stu. Mm -hmm. There's Why very, very, very few. It's rare to find a fat walker. Uh, you know, because they're dead. And yeah. so they're not eating a lot. I mean, he would have to be a very recently dead zombie just turn. in order to just, just turn, turn like five minutes ago. <laughs> And, okay, so you got this fatty walking towards somebody, you know, who's dead, and, and then be stabbed in the head or shot in the head or whatever. Like 11 uh, seconds ago. Yeah. It'd have to be very recent. Because these right. guys don't have a lot of meat on their bones. And, well, and, no, they don't. And you were maybe dead 
while at a buffet. Yes. So you're, you're very full. Well, I don't know if you, I, you know, I know you don't watch the shows too, but there's not a lot of buffets happening. Right? No, no there's, there are not a lot, a lot of buffets, buffets anymore. Mm. No. <laughs> and uh, anyway, what brought it up, what ticked me off too, is I've been, I've been wanting to be a walker for ever since I started watching the show. You've I been talking about it cool for years. Yeah. So they do a show after Walking Dead, after the show on AMC on Sunday nights called Talking Dead. I had a guy on there that was like, has been a walker five times. What the hell? <laughs> you can't get once. I can't get once? Once. That's some guy doing it five times? Mm, come on. Come on. And that'd be good for him, too, because we talk about that a lot. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody watches, Dude, right? Nobody watches that. them. No. Nobody watches that show. They give them a little promotion. Hey, yep. They do pretty well, Jeffy. Actually, uh, it's the number one show on television. No, it can't yeah. be, because nobody. I mean, I, if it was number one, they'd want somebody like it, me. It certainly one. wouldn't hurt to uh, have a little <laughs> more publicity. <laughs> well, is it, is it possible that, you know, like the rest of America, they just don't like you? <laughs> It's possible, but I, I don't believe that that to be true. <laughs> Seems like it probably is. <laughs> I don't believe that could, that could be true. Where would you have to go? Is that filmed in uh, L.A.? No, most of it, uh, most of it is filmed. Oh, it's filmed in, in Atlanta, in isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Because we were in L.A. and we were at the studios, and uh, my son said, "Is is Walking Dead filmed here?" They're like, "No, nah, that's it. That's done." In most Georgia. of it is in Georgia, yeah, and they uh, they do a lot of it. Most, I mean, so much of that show is CGI. Yeah, that you know they filmed so much of it early that it takes so much work in the <clears throat> in the studio that you, know, mm-hmm. you, never, you never get a chance. Well, let's hope it doesn't get, ever get to. That's, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I, that's where I'm at now. This never is your chance. really sad never existence. You are yeah. hoping to be a never dead get a person. Yeah. Never get a chance. <laughs> right? And no, you're getting rejected right. to be a dead person. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how. Don't even have a line, is. which is nice. He doesn't even have to say spoons. Uh, I could, though. <laughs> you just have to go. That's all you have to do. It's not the noise they make. And that's the much. noise he makes all the time like, during lunch. That's, that's about it. Uh, I hear that all the time coming out from his office. Uh, that's kind of... So he's got the part down well, I'm practicing. Well. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I hope it never gets to this point, though, like it did for Christopher Paquin, who's 23... And he was beaten to death by his friend Damon Perry, also 23, after they'd been drinking a large amount of alcohol and watching The Walking Dead. Mm. Uh, when officers arrived at the apartment complex where the killing happened, Perry was allegedly wielding a knife and two maintenance workers were detaining him. Uh, a suspect told police that Paquin began to bite him, so he attacked him with his hands, feet, a guitar, and a microwave. Eeks. It's a little, uh, you know, if if you're this unstable, perhaps you shouldn't be watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's a good safety tip yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, this is the type of thing where people like to try to blame the show for inspiring uh, yes. the behavior. Yeah. And you know, look, you can't you can't run your society based on what a complete nut job will do with your product. I mean, we know that certainly about guns. Uh, and you know, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you're right. Maybe. Self-policing there. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you don't know. If you're that unstable, you don't know. You should he be probably watching. don't. You probably, so. Like Jeffy. Like Jeffy. Like Jeffy should not be watching any show. No, that's right. Uh, should really be just kind of maybe locked up. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could give you the uh, legitimate rundown of your crimes, but I think that's probably not beneficial to do on that. I have, first of all, it's been quite some time since I've been found guilty of any crime. So wow, I'm what a, what a, a wonderful <laughs> achievement. 
<laughs> with all those qualifiers, it's been quite some time Since that I've been found guilty found, yes. of any crime. Of any crime. <laughs> That's not to say that you haven't committed them or have been arrested or indicted, right. but found guilty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. It's been, been a while. Good for you. And again, we don't know what a while is. It could be <laughs> six hours might be a while to him <laughs> without a conviction. Uh, good job, Jeffy. Um, by the way, um, the real Walking Dead, I guess, is kind of happening in New Orleans. Um, yeah. The Washington, the Washington Post says there's 50. Now these aren't zombies. They're vampires. But 50 real vampires live in New Orleans. Um, a candidate, uh, at, uh, a doctoral candidate at uh, Louisiana State University conducted a five-year study of the so-called real vampires of New Orleans, concluded that... Oh, jeez, watch for the... Watch for the reality show to be hitting uh, AMC soon. That's true. Real vampires of New Orleans. And what real, the, the vampire thing, make, what makes you a real vampire, I guess, is that you like the taste of blood? I think so, yeah. Uh, which is really well, you disgusting. Deal, right? You make the deal with the devil, you're going to live forever. Yeah, but I mean, that's, I don't think the Washington Post has proved that. Right, like they, what are they alleging here? That essentially, that these people just drink blood, or well, well, well. Um, uh, after a while, I felt more confident, uh, comfortable being in a New Orleans Vampire Association meeting than I would sitting in a coffee shop. John Edgar, uh, Edgar Browning told the Post, it's, uh, "That's just how non-abnormal they came across. Being marginalized, they're more in tune with their self-identity and much more aware of the world around them." What? The uh, Atlanta Vampire <laughs> Alliance. Uh huh. Which is a thing. Yeah. Says there are about 5,000 real vampires in the United States. Uh, it's creepy. That's creepy. Mm. Yeah, despite their taste for blood, whether human or animal, mm. they're just normal folks. Mm -hmm. Just normal. That's all. So not, 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 that's not, not my definition of normal. No, mine either. Mine kind either. of when you find something that's only, there's only 5,000 of them in the United States, usually not mm -hmm. the normal thing. <laughs> that's kind of a general way I to kind of, that In out. fact, that goes against the very definition of the word normal, mm. <laughs> doesn't it? Uh, more patents, too, coming up in a sec. <sighs> Jeffy, how many vegans uh, are there in the, uh, in the Walking Dead that are walkers? <laughs> how many vegans? How many walker vegans are there? As uh, far as I know, zero. None? As far as I know, mm -hmm. zero. Yeah. Yeah, once you become a zombie, you probably give up the whole vegan thing. You give up the thing. whole yeah. vegan thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oddly. You're, Oddly. You're not quite as choosy about your meal. Yeah. No, you are when not. you'll eat somebody's face, you're not that choosy. No. And they ate people's faces oh, on yeah. this uh, weekend episode. Fresh skin, you're good. You're Holy not. cow. I know. Nasty. Good stuff. I mean, it's nasty. But don't forget, you can go to theblaze.com uh, slash radio and listen to uh, my mm -hmm. podcast, Talking Walking Dead. Uh, talking download. Walking talking Dead? Talking Walking Dead. So you've taken the Talking, talking Dead and they just put... Not, why not? Talking... Good franchise. Walking Dead. Good All right. franchise. Nice. Yes, I is. didn't even know. So you are doing that. Yeah. You are doing it? Yeah, what's Shouldn't you have a Pat Gray on as a guest for this particular podcast? Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, I'm a little hurt. I know you guys, a are, you guys are always busy. 
We're not. We're actually we're yeah, wide open. You guys are always busy. I mean, I'd be more than happy to watch the show. You guys are always busy just when to we're recording. Up. When we're recording in this, I'd be more than happy to just you know watch the show, catch you up. You don't want us on your dumb show. You don't want us to. We put you on our show dumb show all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every freaking day. <laughs> wow. Wait, anyway. That's, that's something to learn right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, there's a story about vegans, uh, so it's sad that there's uh, no vegan walkers. Uh, but vegans are gloating right now uh, over this new WHO study, the World Health Organization, or WHO. And I don't know. What does Pete Townsend know about uh, vegans? What does... No, it's not. What does Roger Daltrey know about whether people should eat meat or not? No, uh, what world, business is it of theirs? World Health Organization, WHO. Yeah, the WHO. They did that won't get fooled again. And yet here we are getting fooled again by another stupid yeah. vegan report. Right? Am I right? <laughs> no. You're definitely <laughs> not, not right. right. Definitely not. Anyway, they've released a report saying that red and processed meats have the same potential to cause uh, cancer. So either red meat or... Like process with that turkey stuff that's kind of pretend or bologna <laughs> or hot dogs. Right. Uh, while the meat industry got uh, busy questioning the data and common sense of the findings, vegans and animal advocates wasted little time expressing vindication. Uh, the meat industry isn't the only group questioning the findings of the report. Uh, in particular, many are taking issue with the way, with the data point making headlines that meat is as likely to cause cancer as tobacco, which the WHO itself. Again, you know, I mean, <laughs> <All right. laughs> said is not what the study found. No. The meat industry uh, says the study defies common sense. Well, it is. I, and I will tell you that it, we, maybe we can air this tomorrow. And you are a vegetarian. I, I am a vegetarian. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a BS study. The, the World Health Organization right. says everything causes cancer. And when you say... Uh, not everything. No, that's true. Not they everything. did find one they substance. They found one thing. I can't remember what it is. It's... Water? It's been a while since I looked at it. It's not water. It's something. I, I, I can't remember the so exact So water does thing. cause water, cancer? Water does I don't, cause I cancer? <laughs> it's, no, that's just not the thing. that. Maybe oh. it does. I don't know. Uh, the World Health Organization probably could it find probably a way. Does. Uh, yeah, it probably does. But there was it was some like additive to, I want to say it was some paint-related additive. I can't remember exactly really? what it was. But it, it, like literally they've, they've tested hundreds of things and I've only one time found something that, that does not cause cancer. Well, that's sure because that they take everything to a ridiculous right. amount. Right. They, uh, every, you know, their standard is essentially, um, can we absolutely prove that it does not cause cancer? And of course, can't. proving a negative is always very difficult. You can't really do it. You never know for sure. I mean, uh, no one ever knows for sure. There's just not mm -hmm. a lot of evidence to indicate that it does. If you give, uh, you know, 17 lifetimes of meat to a rat in one day, uh, you know, yeah. and you do that every day of a study, eventually it's probably something bad's going to happen to it. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, of course, you know. And that's the kind amounts. of stuff they do. Yeah, and it, like one of the things, and we should air this tomorrow because we did a statistics on this uh, a couple of years ago now no, uh, about cell phones. Um, there was a claim that cell phones uh, were possibly carcinogenic mm -hmm. on, uh, from the World Health Organization. Causing so radiation. I went through all of their claims. And, you know, things that, like, Pickled vegetables, for example, were one of them that I remember off the top of my head that were more cancerous than cell phones. Pickled vegetables. <laughs> now, I mean, if you're afraid of pickled vegetables, you're going to go through life afraid of a lot of stuff, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, I think, like, look, there's, you know, you might eat red meat, you might not. A lot of people obviously don't because they think it's unhealthy for reasons mm -hmm. like, you know, you don't want to turn out like this guy. Um, First of all, you could 
eat pickled vegetables or turn out like this? Yeah, that's true. I think I would choose the Jeffy solution. Oh, no. Pickled vegetables. No, that's not what I meant. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Point being that, really, unlike, you know, sometimes we generally kind of go over, you're like, oh, there's nothing to that. I mean, they say everything causes cancer Mm -hmm. except one thing. Same people that Uh, eat bugs. They want the world to eat bugs. Yeah. That's what we need. It's good for yeah, you. Yeah, we just had that story recently. It's just agonizing. Yeah. yeah. It's good for you. Um, I'm very uh, shocked about this particular story, though, that uh, vegetarian hot dogs, which uh, occasionally will uh, will uh, will eat with my little vegetarian diet, um, 10% you? of them um, actually contained meat. <laughs> and, and human DNA. And human DNA, which... That's look, it, though. Look. What the hell is that? I mean, I, I'm sure that... Is that just from the handling... Maybe, or maybe, like, you know, Je- Jeffy pushes someone in, gets grinded into the dog. Ah, you know. Don't worry about it. Exactly. I mean, you know, look, we all know the stories of hot dogs that, you know, have rat parts in them mm-hmm. and rat feces and, all, you know. All the canned goods do. They all have a, sp- a specific percentage of that kind of thing that they can be tested for and have in it. Here's, get over it. You really don't care. It does not bother you at all. He no. Doesn't. The worst can The worst canned good for that, I think, is... Uh, Mushrooms. No, you haven't yet. watched. I've got to, but though. you're going to watch. I mean, I, I, I did that a lot the of Ted time. Ted Cruz interview. You know, I mean, Glenn asked about. I didn't know. Guy's so good. He's so good. He's so good. I mean, you got to watch this interview because he. I, uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about us, dude. Don't he, watch it. Shut up, Jeffy. He's. Uh, he's. <laughs> I, I would. Uh, I would call him brilliant. I mean, he's. Oh, he's absolutely brilliant. He absolutely is brilliant. And uh, and he just. You know, we've made this we, we've made this observation before. He's never grasping for an answer. You know, it's not like the George Bush thing. Where, hey, yeah, I th- I, what I wanted to say was, uh, 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 I, I had a word that I was uh, the uh, the, uh, uh, the word is uh, 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 the. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that. No, it's not. <laughs> With Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz always has an answer. And it's always a good one. It's not, you know, he doesn't have to manufacture answers because they're in him. They're part of him. He believes them. You only have to manufacture the answers when you're worried about, you know, portraying yourself as somebody you're not. He doesn't worry about that because he is who he claims to be. So uh, I think tomorrow, is it tomorrow we're going to have the interview? Uh, yeah, we're going to play Ted some of here, yeah. We're going to play some of it here on uh, Pat and Stu. In the meantime, um, you know, somebody else we, we've liked in the past and I still like a lot is Rick Santorum, and uh, Glenn sat down with him recently. Was it just last week, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sat down with Rick Santorum, and here's a look at some of that. As President of the United States, what's number one domestic policy? Uh, we got to get this economy growing again. And how do you do it? Um, I put a, a plan together. Uh, we call our 2020 uh, Clear Vision for America. 
and it's a 20% flat tax on individual income. Uh, we eliminate everything else in the code. All that's left uh, is a $2,700, $2,750 uh, uh, $2, tax credit uh, per person. Uh, so every person in the family gets a $2,750 uh, tax credit that it comes off the taxes owed. So, for example, if you have a family of four, you have an $11,000 tax credit. So if you're in $50,000, or like $60,000, obviously your your taxes due would be $12,000, 20% of $60,000. So you don't have $1,000 in taxes. If you had $50,000, you'd actually get a a tax refund of $1,000. In addition to that, we have uh, the $1,000 child credit. So it's a very pro-family tax. Uh, it really does help families support raising children, which is incredibly expensive, as you know, in, in the world today. Uh, secondly, we have a deduction for charity. Everybody gets it now. There's no, there's no standard deduction. There's no itemizer. You know, you itemizer don't. Everybody can deduct their charitable contributions. And then you have up to a $25,000 a year deduction for, uh, for home interest. That's it. Everything else goes away. Um, <clears throat> the second thing... So wait, what happens to the IRS? Please tell me. The I, well, the IRS, I mean, you, you think about it. You've now, explo- I call it explode the code. We explode the code. We get rid of it. We replace it with a single rate, five, f- five, five provisions uh, in addition to that. Makes the IRS a thing of the past. Uh, it makes this a very simple, flat, fair and uh, tax that I think will, we've, we've, we've gamed it out. Uh, everyone is going to do better no matter what income area is. And here's the interesting part. The people who actually do the best, if you look at the 10%, you know, uh, one to ten percent income and all are the folks at the bottom, the folks in the middle, and the folks at the top. So it actually spreads out pretty well. Everybody does pretty well on this. Tell me about the company, the the corporate uh, tax. Corporate tax at twenty percent flat, uh, and which goes down from thirty five uh, to today is twenty percent and full expensing. So we get rid of amortization schedules, depreciation, everything else, uh, and it's just a again a very simple flat tax with it with with full expensing, very powerful uh, for manufacturing. We actually do a little bit of a transition period, two years for manufacturers. So the first year of the plan, there's a 0% tax, zero tax on manufacturing, 10% the second year, and then the third year is 20%. Why? Uh, I believe that the key to America is to have things made here again, to to bring uh, the manufacturing economy back robustly in this country. That's the reason I believe we're seeing, one of the reasons we're seeing the hollowing out of the middle of this country, uh, because we have a lot of folks who don't have college degrees, who don't have the skill sets necessary to compete in the new economy, uh, not having the opportunity to... How how many of the dollars uh, that are going to be repatriated that are sitting overseas? Uh, We have a a 10% tax on that, which is on the high end of where most people are going, and uh, and so I don't know. We, we haven't estimated. The folks who ran the numbers really didn't estimate what percentage of that two trillion dollars would come back. But I would suspect a significant amount will come back. Does that? Does that? Have you lost a second of sleep on two trillion dollars coming back into the monetary system? I I, I have. First off, I don't think it's going to be two trillion dollars. I think it's going to be a, a trillion. A, a, yeah. A, a I mean kid. that you put a, you flush a trillion dollars back into the system. You have too many dollars chasing too few goods. I mean, it is an, a trillion dollars. When we first started printing, we had, I believe it was, I believe it was $900 billion in actual cash in the world. Then we started printing money. You put a trillion dollars that's being held overseas back into the U.S. economy, 
you've doubled the monetary system from where we were back in the you have inflation like crazy well i mean that's that's a that's a great question and, and because if you look back when this was done the last time that we we did do something like this last time and from what i recall there wasn't any inflationary impact now we were uh, printing money well that was back in 2004 or 5 if i recall it was during that period of time we were certainly not doing the qe qe1 right. before so uh, i think it's a legitimate concern Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. It's a little bit of a concern. Yeah, it <laughs> sure is. Uh, I, you know, you flood the economy with an extra trillion dollars uh, on top of the money we've been printing. Uh, probably opens you up to, I mean, in, again, these are sort Super of theoretical conversations. Inflation. But, I mean, in, in reality, you wouldn't need to print as much if you were to, I mean, they're printing. A, high, a, a rational society would stop printing. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get a trillion dollars. And, again, yeah. it doesn't come in in one big check. You know what I mean? It comes in over yeah. a longer period of time. He said, too, the tax was on the higher side of people uh, who were talking about these policies. So maybe that would limit or at least have it make it come in a little bit slower. But it is a concern. And Glenn's, uh, you know, Glenn can talk in those in those, uh, you know, those conversations. He, he's good at that. Mm-hmm. I think most candidates uh, Rick kind of showed, uh, I mean, having the background to know that, you know, this had already been done in, in, in some way. Uh, is interesting. He obviously has a handle on this. Uh, in fact, smart so, guy. sometimes I fight with Rick Santorum. This is an odd criticism. Uh, and again, I like him. Um, but it's almost like he has too good a handle on some of this stuff. Like, <laughs> yes. it, like he talks yes. in such detail about his tax policy. Mm-hmm. And while you need to have the detail of the tax policy, in a way, it's, it actually hurts his tax policy as far as selling it to the public. Like, mm-hmm. I can sit here and listen to tax policy talk and hear, you know, deductions and all that other stuff, and, and at least get to the point where I'm interested in it. I don't think that's the vast majority of people, though. Like, I, you know, I like numbers. I like seeing, you know, I, I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think most people do. I think you, you get to that point where, like, you know, we were talking about this uh, as we were watching the clip. It's like, if you're, you don't get your tax policy passed through as is, right? You know, you propose something. And, you know, you're going to try, it's going to be hopefully as close as you can get to what you propose. We all know that, not, you know, just get it. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, why make your, your standard deduction $2,750? Like, why not make it 2700 or 2500 or 3000 Something that's a little, because, <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is they're going to say it's not paying for itself anyway. They're going to say it doesn't work anyway. They're going to criticize that it's all going to the rich people anyway. Why not make it a tad easier for you to actually communicate to the people who are receptive to it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something. I, the, uh, Rand Paul did the same thing, 14.5% tax. Like, make it 14 or 15. Why is it 14? <laughs> why? why 14.5%? Now, I'm sure there's some economists, you know, Stephen Moore probably said to him, look, it's got to be 14.5 or it won't pay for this particular thing that we need. But then make it 15. You'll have a little bit extra cash. You can go on vacation. You redecorate Camp David or something. Make it a little easier to communicate to people. <laughs> Again, minor criticism mm-hmm. and, a, and a good plan overall. Yeah, it uh, is. Then, it is. And then they talked about the Fed. Oh, nice. Uh, so uh, let's see what uh, Rick said to himself about the Fed. Let's jump to the Fed, and then I want to get to minimum wage, but let's jump to the Fed, um, because it's the Fed who said, we'll never print, we'll never digitize, we'll never never, um, uh, just start buying our own debt. They've done all of those things. There's never been a country in the history of the world that has survived those things. Mm -hmm. What do you do with the Fed? Um, 
Well, so I think we have to we have to really we have to look at changing this charter to number one. I, I think uh, putting all the financial regulation that they put inside the Fed is a huge mistake. Um, I think it's giving the Fed way too much power over the financial system in this country. And so, you know, Dodd Frank is, uh, you know, you talk about number one of the top priorities is to repeal Dodd Frank uh, and to uh, and, and to reduce the amount of, of power in the Fed. There's some simple things we could have done. They could have uh, stabilized our, 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 our financial systems uh, without putting this enormous amount of regulation and authority within the, within, well, we, within the Fed. We didn't, we, we didn't get the report on what happened in 2008 until after we finished the legislation right. of Dodd-Frank. Well, look, I mean, I mean you know, I'm talking about don't the heart, let, heart you know, the Remember Rahm Emanuel, don't let any, uh, the yes. only crisis go to mm-hmm. waste. And there was a crisis in our banking system, and so they, they saw it as an opportunity to gain further control and regulate the system, so and that's what happened. You have, uh, in your plan uh new what is it new vision for america perfect a clear vision clear for vision america. for america. Yeah, 2020 um that's very good i just got that uh so uh <laughs> in that you talk about a minimum wage increase i do 50 cents a year for three years right i don't even understand it yeah well we have right now less than one percent of all americans make the minimum wage yeah and and you know one of the things i wanted to do is put together a package uh, that on its face can say, look, this is a package that's directed to try to win votes and get things passed in the United States Congress. And one of the things I realized, you know, that there are, uh, from, from my days in the Congress, you know, I, I came and had a lot of great conservative ideas. Um, health savings accounts, which I don't know if you have one or not, but, you know, I was the author of health savings accounts. I introduced the concept, the first one to introduce that in, in, in Congress. Pushed it through, made it happen. Made some compromises along the way to get it passed. It was not as robust as I'd like it to be. But we got it into law. I think this tax plan is a transformational tax plan. It gets rid of the IRS. It makes a very simple code. It's just really candy pro-growth. for and the so, left. So you have to have some things in there that, that show that you're willing to, you know, work to, to put some ideas in from both tell sides. Tell me how you... How, and and me, if we're right, you, if I'm right, and I think I will be, and you, I think you're, you're even concerned about it, too, that the growth is going to be so dramatic, the last thing we're going to be worried about is a 50 cent an hour increase in the minimum wage. Right. Wages are going to go up a lot more than that. So uh, tell me, because I think the, 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 the GOP doesn't know how to compromise. I believe in compromise. I do. But they don't, they no, don't they even don't. understand how to compromise. They, no, they, they are into surrender. Tell me compromise. There's, I, I always say there's good compromises and bad compromises. A good compromise is negotiating less of a good thing. Welfare reform is the example I use. We had five things I wanted to accomplish with welfare reform. Wanted to end the federal entitlement. Wanted to block rent it to the states. Wanted to cut the amount of money that, that, uh, from, from the current levels. And then we wanted, once, once it, that was done, put a work requirement and time limits on the welfare program. Those are the five things. I'm willing to negotiate almost, I negotiated more daycare payments. I negotiated more transportation money to help people get to work because now we're requiring them to work. Clinton vetoed the bill repeatedly. He wanted more money. He wanted to change these other five things. We wouldn't change those five things. But I'm willing to give more money. Here's why I figured. If I'm right and the principles I believe in work, then we're going to reduce the welfare rolls by so much, this extra money actually won't even be spent. And that's exactly what happened. We actually reduced the welfare rolls by 50%. Employment went up. Poverty went down. And actually, the amount of money we spent on those programs went down, even though we allocated more money for them. So those are the kinds... That's a good compromise, right? I can tell you, at the time I made those compromises, I was vilified by some in Washington, D.C. These organizations said, you can't, you know, you're giving away the store and you, got, you can't compromise. You have to be able to, to, to hold on to your principles and what you think is important in making things happen and then be willing to 
negotiate on the things that are less important. A bad compromise is when you negotiate less of a bad thing. So in other words, we have a tax increase, and instead of having a 10% you know, increase in tax, you have an 8% increase in tax. That's not a good compromise. <laughs> You're doing bad things. You don't agree to do bad things just because you got less of a bad thing. And that's what I, I think, unfortunately, in Washington, they haven't figured out. Hmm. That's uh, really interesting. Fascinating. That's a really, really, one of the most honest segments of, I've ever I seen know. with a politician. I know. I and mean, I don't necessarily agree with much of that. Hmm. I mean... He he just admitted he's he's willing to go with the uh, with the with the minimum wage increase uh, to gain votes. <laughs> yeah. He did just okay. say that. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, and uh, I guess it's part of his compromise, and he doesn't think it'll matter in the long run. Uh, That's, to be strikingly honest, though, I mean, I, strikingly uh, honest, he's yeah. saying basically what happens. I think a lot of times in Washington, and and I. I think because I think there are a lot of people, you know, you know, the Lindsey Graham's of the world is the one that pops into my head who are just bad. Right. Like they uh -huh. just do things that are that hurt the country. And, you know, they have their beliefs and they're progressives and they're just they're, you know, get bad to me. I, you know what my belief system is. There's the other people like Rick Santorum seems to be describing himself who we a lot of times would look at that as a real letdown. And as he said, he was criticized by many groups who said, hey, you know, this, this uh, welfare thing is you can't be giving more money. Now, first of all, when he says giving more money, what he means is giving more of our money, mm -hmm. which I don't, you know, I don't like. It's not him giving more money. It's us giving more money um, to pay for those things. But what an interesting perspective into saying, like, he's essentially putting candy in these bills mm -hmm. to hopefully get liberals to go along with them enough to get them through when he believes the change will eventually pay for that anyway. Um, it's a little risky, but I will say, I mean, you know, you could definitely, I think, fairly argue that uh, that worked pretty well with the welfare thing. I mean, and welfare, welfare reform is one of the few entitlement, um, uh, you know, changes in the past uh, that have actually worked, mm -hmm. um, you know, have helped, have lowered costs. Um, you know, uh, a couple of the, you know, the, the prescription drug benefit that uh, George H.W. Bush pushed through with Rick Santorum's vote, I believe, if I remember right, um, uh, was another one that, again, it's an entitlement program, but it actually came in under budget, which is fairly rare, obviously, in the world today. But that's a re I don't, I, feel, I feel like there's probably advisors going, ah, Rick, don't be so honest. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you. I'll bet that's true. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> you're invited to a party. Well, not you, but... Uh, Members of, of the House and, and their spouses are invited. Uh, the pleasure of your company is requested at a reception honoring the 54th Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, Paul D. I Ryan, the Honorable Paul D. Ryan. Uh, Thursday, October 29th at uh, 6 to 9 p.m. So it's a three-hour celebration of the new Speaker of the House. Wait. They haven't, what? They haven't voted yet, Pat. What do you mean? They haven't voted for the Speaker of the House. Oh, no, we're having a party <clears throat> because he's the 54th Speaker of the House now. But there's no final we did vote. Have, well, we had the 53rd, and that was John Boehner. Right. And but we have now we've got the 54th. Who's is that Paul confirmed? D, I haven't, I haven't seen. Confirmed, yeah. Party is confirmed. I mean, you don't, you don't have a party for something that hasn't happened, do you? <laughs> In this case, yes, you do. Mm. Uh, they haven't had the vote. They haven't even had the Republican vote yet let alone the entire House vote. Hmm. But they already have, and we got this from a super secret source, uh, they already have the invitation all made out to uh, 
come to the party for the no, 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 honorable. No. We've got uh, we email got addresses and no, I got email addresses. Oh, and stuff we on don't there. want don't that. that we no, necessarily. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Can we Jeffy Jeffy screen that? <laughs> uh, I mean, we blur Jeffy's face all the time. Can we do that too? I just realized as you were holding that up, that's yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's just amazing. It's at the Library of Congress, Jefferson Building, Washington D.C., and uh, oh. they've already got the party all planned. Ta-da! Shocking! I know. Ta-da! I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. Apparently, I mean, there is no talk of any race here. There's <clears throat> no doubt in anybody's mind. Paul Ryan's the Speaker well, of the House. That's what the Freedom Caucus did, right? I the mean, end. Yeah. Uh, yep. When they endorsed, what they did. it's pretty much over. Wait, they that, did they officially endorse? See, that was the whole thing. No, they, they, they endorsed. endorsed. Okay. They supported. They supported. Stu. Whatever their stupid Huge difference. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Completely <laughs> different thing. Yeah. Thank you. So Daniel Webster just out. Jason Chafe is just out, I guess. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if anybody votes for any, either of those two guys. Well, Webster, Webster was actually <clears throat> in for it, right? I think... Uh, Looked like Chaffetz. I don't know what that Chaffetz deal was. That was like a smoke and mirrors thing. I don't think he ever really intended to be speaker. Could well be. It Could well be. Didn't feel like it. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Didn't feel like it at and all. And we had him on the air, and it didn't feel like it. Didn't feel like it was real, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents to is inevitable. Heard that. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back, Patton Stu from the Daily Mail. Uh, Julia Stevenson writes, "Why fat people should be charged more to fly?" Mm. Jeffy, your thoughts? <laughs> I actually got to be faster than I thought. <laughs> you didn't even explain the story. It's just a one quick line. I thought you'd at least do a lot an another sentence. <laughs> Now this is this is an interesting recreation of every Jeffy flight here. Yeah. Um, the difference of this picture and the normal Jeffy flight is that he's doing both of those roles. He's right. sleeping and, and eating ice cream at the same time. Well, look, I mean, what they mean by fat people is not athletically overweight people like me. Okay. No, I. No. Okay. I, mean, I think you no, qualified. They I mean, they're talking about. I posted a picture. Overweight people. I posted a picture on Twitter of you asleep in the uh, on a plane. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Nah, no, not too long nah, ago. Not too long ago when we were going to Birmingham. Mm -hmm. um, nah, no, you didn't look too athletic <laughs> in the photo. Well, you're sleeping. How athletic do you look when you're That's sleeping? That's a matter of perspective, Stu. Yeah, I mean really? you're sleeping. Yeah. I mean, at, so at like, any moment when I can just wake up and run down that aisle. So LeBron James asleep doesn't look athletic. Nope. Hmm. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, she says, I just hate being plunked next to someone who, how shall I put it, is a little too large for their seat. My request is always met with utter disapproval. Once I was told not to moan and be grateful. I'm such a beanpole. Uh, but as a slim person of eight stone, 
the hell does that mean? <laughs> Jeffy, what is eight stone? What the, what? Where did that come from? That's, what does that mean? On the other side of the pond, the way with I the know. stones agonize. They don't Stop always, it. though. Sometimes they use uh, I think Lincoln kilograms. Wants us to, wanted to take us back to stone. I thought stone, stone was an English is, system. It, I think it is it English. Is, it is. And I think it is actually, uh, I think uh, one stone is 24 pounds or something like that. Okay, so uh, eight stone to pounds would be 112 pounds. Okay, so that is a slim person. Uh, she says, uh, so as a person of eight stone, uh, I'm sick of finding myself sitting next to someone more than four times my size on flights. It happens so often. <laughs> Wait, 448 pounds? <laughs> I don't know. She says it happens so often, I reckon I'm sized up at check-in as well. a suitable companion for the clinically obese. I will say that that is... Uh, Mm. There are moments, um, uh, as a man who uh, takes up some room, mm -hmm. uh, there are moments on the flight where you're just happy when the person sitting in the middle is the thin, no question. you know, 5'2", 105-pound yeah. uh, female. Because that person mm -hmm. takes up no room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not like you're, you're not, like, I've had to sit next to Jeffy at times. And <laughs> the thing about sitting next to Jeffy is you're almost sitting you're just one with Jeffy. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're sitting under the rolls contact. of his fat. Yes, it's yeah. really yeah. nasty. Yeah. I mean, it's not nasty for me. I mean, no. it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> you, really, you really don't oh, mind you gotta, it. Look, you're, you're sitting, you'll get used to it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, no. <laughs> I will say, I, I've had this situation, I'm, you know, not exactly uh, a beanpole myself, mm. but I've sat next to people who are, you know, 400 pounds, and it's it's unpleasant. Yes, Overweight. it is. And, the, and unpleasant. to be fair, and now if they're I, taking up part of your space, if, they're, if, they're go, if you are going into the other seat, they should be off. paying for it. Yes, yeah. I mean they, they make you charge for the little baby. Look, I, right? your kid is. They, I paid hundreds for what, of dollars for this space. Right up, and you're taking up half right. of it. That, true. No, now now on the other side of that now. Some of the airplanes are, you know, making those chairs a little bit smaller, and that's starting to. They sure you know, are. Way yeah, they are. So now, even some of us that are athletically overweight are starting to have trouble sitting <laughs> in the chairs. Oh, I, I mean, it's just a—it's an issue. Like, I, there's a guy um, I flew next to uh, recently who I wanted to come back and induct into the douche hall of fame uh, because it was uh, the row—a three-person row—was myself. Uh -huh. um, along with uh, um, uh, a couple. Uh -huh. Now, his girlfriend, wife, whatever, uh, was, uh, as I would say, a, was a beanpole, let's say. Okay. okay? She was thin. She was uh, wonderful. He was not uh, athletically overweight. He was o actually just athletic. Like, he was a big, bulky guy uh. with big muscles and wide shoulders. Really? This guy sits in the middle seat. Oh, come on. And has so his, she can sit by the window? Yes, yeah, so she can sit by the window. Stop that it. is the ultimate violation yes. of any man code that exists. That sure is. You, don't, you sit by the window and you have your little tiny girlfriend sit in the middle, so I don't, right. I'm not touching your shoulders for four hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mr. Thank Amen to that. that, that you should have mm -hmm. called the mm -hmm. flight police. I'm trying to get that into the next State of the Union. I feel like that's... That's important enough. You know, the, the State of the it Union is. is fine, except for these douches that you know, sit in right. the middle of the and seats. Those with are the right. things that you think right. are the unwritten laws that you have to turn into written laws because there's always that guy. That's yeah. So are you saying the girlfriend was hot? Is that what you're kind of alluding to? No, I'm not. No? She, I mean, she uh, was fine looking. But, fine. but the point is, is thin and tiny. 
Yeah. Thin and, and tiny was, in the middle. So he had the, the, He was just a big yeah, buffed guy. Yeah, like a big it was a bigger guy. So he was like, you know, over in my area. So I'm like typing like this the whole time. So flight. the thin little girl oh, can geez. look out the window. And then she has she's sitting in a freaking like canyon of freedom <laughs> over there in the corner. With like she she go, she runs for ten minutes to get to the window, then runs back for ten minutes to get to her boyfriend. Right. All of this space, if she's sitting in the middle, every three people mm-hmm. are comfortable. Now the way he settled it, one person is comfortable. I'm surprised that one of the stewardesses or the uh, flight attendants, I'm sorry, one of the flight attendants didn't say something. Well, I mean, I, no, they I, wouldn't. I, they I, wouldn't. I don't think they, they wouldn't. If I no, complain, that's, that's tough because let's say horrible. you are 400 pounds, and you know, because the athletic guy, you're you're not going to make him pay more, right? Because he's just burly. But somebody who's actually 400 or 500 or 600 pounds, yeah. and they're spilling over into half of both of their seats, and they're in the middle. Uh, well, they bad. shouldn't even have been. Actually, they should not have made it that far. No, because uh, you should be told, far. okay, already, yes. uh, we have a restriction where if you're your size, yeah. you've got to pay for another it's seat. Ob- it's obvious that you're going to take up more than one seat. You're gonna mean, have, we're charging you for that. But can you imagine how tough that is for the flight people to for the airline uh for the workers to say that's very tough, um though. hey fatso you have to pay another four hundred dollars what's it like when i say that <laughs> when when they go through that whole speech Listen, in the day when i did have to ask for the uh, which i gotta bring into it because you were almost 400 in the pounds. day when i when i had to ask for the uh, seatbelt extension did you ever have uh, to buy it, another seat it does no i didn't know no. okay uh Hmm. No, Pat. Uh, Even when I had the seatbelt extension, I still was, you know, right there on the edge of athletically overweight. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the I mean, that's clear. are you saying that you've never that's exceeded clear. athletically overweight? Or is that, yeah, is that I mean, your contention now? It was close. No, wow. it wasn't close. <laughs> no. It's not close now. No, it was, uh, uh, even uh, after it was losing right it was right there. 600 it was pounds right. or whatever, <laughs> it's still... It's got to be. I mean, no, of course it's hard. I mean, it was embarrassing when you had to ask for the yeah. uh, seatbelt extender. I mean, that's why. I mean, I yeah. still have the one I took. And, and then to put that on the stewardess and say, hey, um, fatty. Uh, could you? Right. That's why it should never get that far. That's the, <laughs> what are you that's the say? Peop- that, those are the those are the people at the at the luggage check-in. We, they, the luggage they, that's their job. That's it what is. they get paid for. Yeah. Excuse me, sir, but you know. Wait, what the, is that put in there? Why is it their job? Because that's that's their job. The reservation. Well, whose job is it? Point. I think you articulated. No, it but well. whose job is it then, Stu? <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, it should have never gotten that far. I, I don't know what year you're flying. Those in, but same a lot of people pe- are happy to tell you that your damn luggage weighs too much, and they're going to charge you more money. Many, they can. They can damn well tell the guy that he's going to need to buy another seat. You may be shocked to hear, Jeffy, that you can now fly without checking mm. bags and with automated check-in. So you don't even have to go to that desk. So no, it can't possibly be their job because they only see half of the freaking people that go on the plane. That's a good point. Who does this? Because you order your tickets online. You're certainly not weighing uh, in. And not weighing in. And you're not telling them, hey, by the way, I'm 400 pounds, so I need another it's ticket. It's got to be the, the right? stewardess. I mean, it's got to be the people. I guess like, it has she, to be. She goes on in this article to say, once I sat next to a woman who's so mm. enormous... Uh, she, he, she was almost Jeffy size, and I was told. To, <laughs> she, that in the story? Yeah, it's weird. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I was told to move to a seat behind. Um, I was happy to oblige, but it meant she paid for one seat and got two. Right. Um, and so and it's, it's not fair, actually. No, is it? 
I mean, I would so then, say no. So where I we don't at, care. Where are we at? Do we fair. leave it to the TSA? I mean, if they're, if you're checking in, like you said, you check yeah, in, right? I, TSA it, is a good option because it, everyone already hates the TSA. Right. So and they, they, and the, although that's not their job. No, well, but, well, they do look at your, right, the check-in checks your ticket. Right. I think and it's, if they I look think up the, and see and see someone who's not athletically overweight, like right. myself, right. Uh, mm -hmm. they can say, um, you know, where's the second ticket? Where's you the need, cash? You need to perhaps need to go see the. I think it's the job. Game. I think it's on the flight. I think you're on the flight. You got people. You're gonna have to move them around like this. You got probably two, in this day and age. Yeah. It, it yeah. has to. Yeah. Be. It's gonna have to but be. But every last minute flight conference. is full. There's no. Yeah, I mean, there's it, no spare seats tough. anymore. Every single flight I ever take is full, completely full. I think though you could put like two little people. In the row yeah, with a big I mean, person, yes, you like you, uh, you could put a puzzle together like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. yeah that is it. You're like a moving truck. Yeah. You're just like yeah. putting pieces yeah. in and trying to get as much stuff as possible. <laughs> that's, what the they're, that's what it is. It really yeah. is. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do coming up. back uh, Halloween week and so we're looking into some spooky things hmm. like um, scientific it takes kind of the spookiness out of it scientific explanations for ghosts uh, for instance one of the things they think it might be are uh, electromagnetic fields for decades a Canadian uh, Canadian neuroscientist named Michael Persinger has been studying the effects of electromagnetic fields on people's perceptions of ghosts hypothesizing that pulsed magnetic fields, imperceptible on a conscious level, can make people feel as if there's a presence in the room with them by causing unusual activity patterns in the brain's temporal lobes. Mm. He studied people in, the, in his lab uh, wearing a so-called God helmet. Fi oh, I've, I've seen this guy. Finding that certain patterns of weak magnetic fields over someone's head for 10, 15 to 30 minutes can create the perception that there's an invisible presence in the room. Hmm. Uh, how about mold? Uh, Jeffy, obviously, I'm very familiar with, uh, with that. I know with mold? Yeah, with your, uh, you know, your fil the filth, the squalor. Uh, <laughs> the, right? filth. the filth and the squalor <laughs> you know, that he lives in? Yeah, you yeah. know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because of the, <laughs> the, the filth. The squalor. The filth and the squalor <laughs> that you live in. Preliminary <laughs> research indicates that some molds <laughs> cause symptoms that sound pretty ghostly, like irrational fear and dementia. So they're gonna, there's going to be a bunch of mold in your house. It's kind of going to give you um, that sense of irrational fear, and that you know kind of mm -hmm. convinces you that you're seeing something that you're not actually seeing. Okay. Uh, and then someone else said it was real. In a uh, 2014 study just last year, Goldsmiths University of London psychologists had participants watch a video of a psychic supposedly bending a metal key with his mind in one condition, Study subjects watched the video with a participant who was actually working with the researchers and professed to see the key bending. Those subjects were more likely to report that they saw the key bend than subjects who were paired with someone who asserted the key didn't bend or said nothing. One person's account can influence another person's memory. If someone else confidently asserts that they saw it too, it might influence your perception if it did as well. Or it might be that 
You know what? Um, there are ghosts. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's the, my that's, scientific. That's, that's the patent. That's my scientific reasoning. Input. I actually don't believe in uh, ghosts per se. Really? Uh, because if you die, so ghosts are what? Disembodied spirits, right? They had a body. They've died. They're trapped in the house because, I don't know, something. They can't find their way back. I, I, I don't believe God is that disjointed like oh i forgot about him he doesn't know how to get home so i'm gonna leave him in that house <laughs> but but evil spirits maybe that uh that's a different deal no most go- i mean one never is one right. friendly ghost but most of the ghosts are not friendly no i wouldn't i mean how could they be are you you're just mischievous and you stayed behind just to just to play jokes on your f- friends I mean, or fun, somebody right? who... It would be fun. It, it would be fun. Mm-hmm. It would be fun. At least so. for a few months. It's a know. tough one, though. Or, you know, maybe it's an electromagnetic field. Yeah. I, I know. you know... I, or maybe it's the mold. <laughs> yeah, well, because you... <laughs> because you're squalor. You're right. Filth. Thank you for bringing us back to that, the filth and the squalor of, of your residence. Uh, which is actually I don't want to forget though. that. You know, it's no. mold. Oh, um, so uh, scientists have identified a chemical associated with death and decay that appears to function as a warning signal, activating the body's threat management response and making people more vigilant. Um, now, a lot of people would say uh, Jeffy and this filth and squalor smells mm-hmm. in a particular way. That's not mm-hmm. this. This is a oh. death smell. This is not just the, yeah. the, the, the squalor. Right. Uh, and filth smell. Uh, that, so, uh, this is beyond squalor and filth. You brought it back up, Jeffy. I will point that out. We had to move on, and then you said the mold thing again, no, which know. brought us right back. Right, right back to it. Uh, right back so, to your filth and okay, squalor. Just, just blaming you. University of Kent uh, uh, psychologist. Have hoarders been to your house yet? You know the people at hoarders? <laughs> you, know, you know, the funny thing is, mm-hmm. if people think you're a hoarder, <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't have to do the show. You know, so right. you can kick them out. You can say, no, go away. Get and away that's what you So that's what you've been doing? So I'm just saying that it. people could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, people could do that. You don't have to say, oh, great, yeah, my daughter, my family, my uh, son wants me to get help, so they're going to help me. I out. often wonder about that. The people that agree to this stuff. You well, know, they're already at a point, right, where they're, they're getting fined by the city. The, they're getting ticketed mm-hmm. by either some sort of, there's some ordinances that they've been uh, negligent on forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, you're already past that. Uh, so, the, I think there's the two people that kind of say yes to that. One is the person who realizes they have a problem and are like, I got to do something. Those are rare. Yeah. And then the other one is the one that says, I actually don't have a problem. They don't understand me. Yeah. And that's the, then uh, the family comes in. And right. The, family the family's in and says, you know, we got we to gotta help you. And it does, it does make me feel a little bit better watching that show you know you don't feel oh man i'm not that far gone yet right yeah you're i mean <laughs> you, you do watch the show though. once in a while yeah. of course you do of course yeah, you i can't do. i can't watch shows like that i mean there's a few of the people who they broadcast that are way gone and yeah. you talk about mold and filth and squalor i mean it's bad i i have had f- the water cut off for a long time mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah it's bad i i had a friend whose family kind of lived in a uh, uh, sort of a filth and squalor situation. Yeah, we've when been I talking about Jeffy up. the whole segment. Yeah, but yeah, I mean this, I mean, oh, it's they a had, different. Yeah, different. Oh, okay. Different. <laughs> this was growing up. And I mean, you'd walk into their house and there's clothing everywhere. 
Was I mean, it was it hoarding it, or just squalor? No, just I, I don't I don't know if they hoarded. I just it's, a just, mess. it's squalor, I guess, yeah. because you know dishes piled in the sink and all over the countertops, so you can't see a countertop right. area. I mean, there's pots and pans and plates and silverware and right. glasses and cups everywhere, <laughs> stacked this high in the sink and then all over the. And then yeah. clothing on every inch of the floor, and junk, and bags, and paper, and crap everywhere. I can't take it. And they, I mean, and then you'd walk into a, you know, you'd walk down the hall, there's clothing all over the, the I'm, I'm like, wow, what? How do you live like this? Yeah, I, I. How do you do it? I've become very spoiled. Pat. Oh, man. I'm very spoiled in my life. And that's mm. going to shock people. Uh, I think they're going to say, wow, a stew? Yeah, uh, I know. Spoil? I know. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have. Like, I, uh, over the past uh, couple of years, I've, I went to a particular home, which I would describe as uh, not uh, as clean as, as, I, as, as I'm mm-hmm. used to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it actually, I, like, I can't function properly anymore. Like I used to, mm. I used to be the guy. I was the lead proponent for squalor for a long time in my life. Like mm-hmm. I mean, if I left to my own devices, that house is it's, it looks like a hoarder's house in ten minutes. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I have no control over it. But I'm so <laughs> spoiled now that like I can't live like I can't. That. I can't, I can't handle it. the most the most minor thing out of like out of. Place. If I'm my kids leave the, their shoes in the middle of the room, I go crazy. Yeah, it, I start breaking things and and what, what? shooting holes in the walls. <laughs> I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> okay, not, not quite to that extent, but I hate that. I hate it when when like socks are left in the middle of the room or shoes are. But yeah, let alone so I mean, I clothing went... everywhere oh, and yeah. dishes piled oh, in the well, sink. and then you get into the, like the cat feces everywhere. Yeah. It's all oh, and the people with like. And... 500 cats in the house. Oh, yeah, and you see, like, oh thing, I you I see can't. even the uh-huh. hosts of the show, they walk in, they're just like, oh! Like they <laughs> right. You, you can see the smell hit them visually yeah. uh, in the face. It's it's really ugly. Uh, and again, I just wanted to point out Jeffy. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Phil, uh, we'll be back squalor. In, uh, in just a minute. <laughs> Actually, your house is far, far nicer than you deserve, so uh, there's no doubt about that. Would you say you're more into filth or squalor? Yes. Okay. Sort He's of kind of like a squilf guy. <laughs> he just really likes <laughs> him Or filler. Filler. Waller. Waller. Sad uh, news to bring you. Um, oh, no. This is happening live, so... Uh, we need to make sure that uh, maybe you need to stop and sit down for a moment before I break this news to you. Um, the town of Tisdale mm-hmm. will no longer be known as the land of rape and honey. What? Oh, no. mm-hmm. oh wow. <laughs> Look at the sign. What? <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> the land of rape and honey. How That's cool is uh, that? kind of bizarre, but... There is a story behind it, obviously. There is. Slogan has been a source of contention for some time. Um, And uh, it's uh, it was referred to rapeseed crops grown in the area. Second part of the slogan uh, comes from the uh, the uh, 16 foot statue called the world's largest honeybee. Um, So rape is the seed. It's yeah. Um, seed. And uh, as we pointed out many times, uh, we do employ a rape expert, Jeff Fisher. 
uh, who joins us here to talk about the land of rape and honey. Uh, Jeffy, you... <laughs> Poor guy. Um, so uh, it's a sad day to see Tisdale even you. Away. Wow, even you have gotten to a point a where you feel bad day. for him today. No, I mean his victims. Yeah. Poor oh, guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, the uh, slogans. Uh, there's a few other slogans that may need to change, uh, and these are actually, I guess, real. Um, Hooker, Oklahoma. Uh, their slogan is "It's a location, not a vocation," <laughs> which could be okay. nothing but farther from the truth. Uh, really? Then there's Hut Valley, New Zealand. Right up my hut valley. <laughs> All right. I don't really understand. Uh, mm. uh, let's see. Uh, Okatooks, Alberta. Um, that has a really, uh, I would say, unassuming slogan. There are a number of things to do in Okatooks. Think about it. Well, that's, there are a number that's powerful. of things to do. In La Crosse, Kansas, their slogan is uh, barbed wire capital of the world. <laughs> that's something you've got to see, right? I'm going to the barbed wire capital of the world mm. to see well barbed wire yeah yeah that'd be great that'd be great that'd be great uh cheshire connecticut a, a town glenn beck used to live in and so uh, did i and uh, you lived in cheshire really well. i didn't mm -hmm. realize that uh, yep. many uh, uh, people who worked here lived there that was a uh, kind of a hot spot um uh, cheshire connecticut the bedding plant capital of Connecticut. Wow, did you know that when you were living there? <laughs> I didn't know it was the bedding plant capital. You didn't know that? I don't, I don't think I did. Think of all the bedding plants you could have visited. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in Lyonsville, Pennsylvania, where the ducks walk on fish. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's just somebody was high. That's really weird. One day. Um, Beaver, Oklahoma, the cow chip capital. Nice. Hmm. Sounds nice. Great. Oh, you can get Dumas. those sort of presents and everything. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Dumas, Arkansas, home of the Ding Dong Daddy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <but> we <laughs> so weird. <laughs> we had a play-by-play -play announcer in Helena, my hometown on the mean streets, mm. who uh, had this expression that you were a Ding Dong Daddy from Dumas. Like if there you go. you're a good basketball player, like you hit a shot, there's a, he's a Ding Dong Daddy from Dumas. There so you go. that's, that's where obviously where that came from. Right. Wow. Who Dumas, knew? Arkansas. I just, wow. Put together a uh, 40-year-old situation there in my mind. <laughs> Bushnell, <laughs> South Dakota. I'm glad we were part of it. Yeah. I'm glad we were yeah. part of that. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the end of the earth, but you can see it from here. There you go. That's a good slogan, like actually. That. that is a good slogan. Not the end of the earth, but you can see it from here. Uh, in gas, Kansas, don't pass gas. Stop and enjoy it. <laughs> 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 Uh, um, oh, golly. By the way, if you're doing some uh, international traveling uh, this uh, winter, you may want to consider uh, Zakistan. Uh, it's a brand new country uh, in, in Utah. <laughs> uh, Zach Landsberg has created a yellow and red flag, official-looking passports, and porter, uh, border patrol gate guarded by a giant robot sentry for the realm. This the conceptual goal is I want it to be become a real country. I mean, the goal is not going to happen. It's impossible, but I'm going through the motions. I'm trying to make it happen. He's created a motto for the land of Zakistan. Something from nothing. Wow. Powerful. Pretty powerful. Do you have a military yet? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. A nuclear arsenal, actually, which is, uh, was an odd first step. <laughs> it but, is. Uh, if he yeah. would just declare war on the U.S., he might become a country, get some cash. Uh -huh. I mean, right now, he could probably negotiate anything with Freedom yeah. Obama. He'd probably get, like, all these hostages start showing up. Well, I didn't even ask for these people. Why are you giving me what's happening? <laughs>